0: You are listening to Reju Ramadan 365 Podcasts. Late Night Live. Hot topics discussed daily from 11pm onwards. Get involved by calling 0141 375- 3434 or search Radio Ramadan 365.
1: rahmatullahi warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. You're listening to Radio Ramadan 365 broadcasting not only from Glasgow on 87.7 FM but around the world on RadioRamadan.scot. We're listening today on Saturday, we're in the last 10 nights of, of Ramadan, may Allah accept it from us and today I'm joined by my co-host as usual, brother Abu Bakr, as-salamu alaykum.
2: as alaikum, wa barakatuh, how are you today, Zen?
1: Alhamdulillah I'm good, I'm good, full of energy for tonight's show, I got a half decent sleep last night and uh, yeah, it's been, it's really, really looking forward to tonight's show, what about you Abu Bakr, what you been up to?
2: Alhamdulillah everything's been good, just having a wee bike ride today. It was good, you know, it was a wee bit cold, but uh it was it was good. It was a good day.
1: Yeah, okay. Now I had a, a busy day as normal. I, uh, like I said on previous shows, I've been helping out by going along to the Al Farouk food bank um in Govan Hill and I've been busy there packing meals and uh, distributing them out to, to those who need it most and may Allah reward all those who have been continuing to work in Ramadan within the charities, within the mustards, although All these mosques are closed and and so on. There's still some mosques that are operating because they have to for the community. So may Allah accept all the efforts from everyone. Tonight is a a very big show, one that we've been looking forward to doing for a while. Saturday night's always that kind of space that's reserved for the show. And and Late Night Live as well well. is just such a special show that we've been, you know, alhamdulillah, we've been given the opportunity to do this year. And, uh, you know, just before we start the show, we always play that famous nasheed by Sami Yusuf, Ya Mustafa. That's going back now 15, 20 years on Rage Ramadan that that, that that kind of nasheed is played before the show starts. So, Alhamdulillah, it's a great way to kick us off. Before we start the show, we always like to to begin with a beautiful recitation from the Holy Qur'an. And tonight is someone else that's that's obviously from Makkah, like yesterday's show, and uh, a voice that's familiar to many. So let's go ahead and listen to our recitation of the day. Today's recitation of the day is by Sheikh Bandar Balila from Mecca. <laughs>
3: اهلقوا رؤوسكم حتى يبلغ الهدي مَحِلَّهُ فمن كان منكم مريضا أو به أذى من رأسه ففدية, ففدية من صيام أو صدقة أو نسك
1: SubhanAllah, what a beautiful recitation there. That is Sheikh Bandar Balila from Makkah, Masjid al-Haram. Uh, it's such a beautiful voice and his style of recitation is, is quite different from a lot of the other sheikhs there at the Masjid Haram and I've still got a lot of his recordings on my phone and tonight I really wanted to, to play his voice and uh, to our listeners and JazakAllah to all the listeners who have been tuning in throughout the month you know, I'm, every day I'm receiving appreciation messages and uh, it means so much to me and to the team that are behind Late Night Live that you guys are tuning in For those that are are listening in, maybe for the first time, Late Night Live is a discussion show where we discuss different hot topics ranging from coronavirus and the effect it had on businesses and on education, all the way to raising money for different charities that are uh, in partnership with Radio Ramadan. Now, tonight's show is titled Racism, Does It Still Exist? Uh, A very important subject and topic that we'll be discussing tonight and Abu Bakr will open up the show for us.
2: From Police Racism to Racist Murders in America It seems like every so often we see a news headline linking a crime to racism or hate. Nowadays, racism makes its way online and it seems in society we still face racism in different forms. Tonight, let's discuss the different ways we have faced racism and what what it is the cause of.
1: Jazakallah for that, Abu Bakr. And uh, yeah, so tonight we are discussing racism, and and obviously that branches over to Islamophobia as well, and and discussing maybe the things that we faced and, and how we combat that, and maybe what contributes to racism, not just. To ourselves uh, as growing up as Muslims in this country But also racism within ourselves as well And that's a really important subject that we'll get to Let me introduce tonight's guests So today we're joined by our our more or less regular co-presenter Akob from Rochdale Akob, can you hear us?
4: yeah i can hear you can you hear me then
1: alhamdulillah yeah before we were testing out your your mic and we couldn't hear you but alhamdulillah we can hear you now we're also joined by one of our other team members dear brother sammy sammy how you doing I'm good. How are you, bro? I'm good. I'm good. Alhamdulillah. Now, look. Before we start the show, just to to clear up, and and for those that that need, obviously, we all know what racism and Islamophobia is. But let's just clear up what the definition is. So, Islamophobia is the fear and hatred or prejudice against the Islamic religion or Muslims generally, and racism is the belief that groups of humans possess different behavioural traits corresponding to physical appearance and can be divided upon the superiority of one race over another. Now with that said and done, I want to go ahead and and get straight into tonight's discussion. I'm going to ask you guys this question and I'll ask this question to myself too. So I'll start with Akob. Akob, racism, does it still exist today?
4: um definitely it is 100% is the short answer um but definitely we we can look into it a little bit more um going forward and if you don't mind i actually had a question um on my own that i wanted to pose to to you guys if that's all right go ahead um so obviously because you know discussing whether it still exists and you know and what I wanted to kind of just touch up on before we kind of go into what racism is today in the UK, I wanted to just touch up on something actually. So <clears throat> I wanted to speak about the first legislation that was introduced in in, in the UK, and I want you guys. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about the legislation. I want you guys to guess the year that it, it came out to see whether it was quite recent or is historic and how you know relevant it was, and you know how you know how long have we have we come since then? Okay, so. The, the act is the Race um, Relations Act. It was the first, like I said, it was the first um, legislation in the United Kingdom to address racial discrimination. So the act uh, outlawed discrimination on the grounds of colour, race, ethnic or national origins in public places in Great Britain, right? Okay. So um, the act made it a civil offence, not a criminal offence, a civil offence, to refuse to serve a person or to serve someone with unreasonable delay or to overcharge on the grounds of colour, race, ethnic or national origins, right? Okay. So this was the first bit of legislation that was introduced to, to ta- tackle the issue of racism within the United Kingdom, so I want to just go around the uh, the panel and see when do you think that piece of legislation came out?
1: Like, Sammy, you can go ahead and answer that one. <laughs>
4: uh, There's no right or wrong answer. It's just I'm interested to see what you guys think that, considering this is the only first bit that actually came out.
0: And I I, I know it was amended in 2010, but I'm not sure when it was first uh, put out there. Just uh, give a guess. You don't have to say
4: exactly, but when do you think? What century or
0: (laughs) say early eighties?
4: Around about early eighties okay
0: no, that's just
1: about, a random guess what about you then i mean i'm going to be honest when you were talking about it i just went on google and i know the date exactly so, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay. so, so feel free to you carry cheated. on i mean i can give you my guess but it's pretty okay.
4: accurate <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so yeah the reason why i wanted to mention it is it is quite astounding the fact that this uh, this was the first ever one so Act I was introduced and in, is introduced in 1965. Now this is not too far away. This is what like 50, 55 years. Uh, I think 55 years isn't it? Then that yeah. is 55 years ago. That means our parents, like I think my parents are uh, approaching. that, or my grandparents will live through the age where racism was very much a big part of the United Kingdom. Yeah. And like, like, um, Samir, you are actually right. There have been a few amendments. Um.
0: Since it, was, it was it was changed from the Race Relations Act to the Equality Act in
4: 2010. That's like the or one of the Google. most recent. Yeah, that's like one of the most recent changes. Yeah, and obviously between then and when it first came out, there were a few amendments and they added a few things um, along the way. But obviously now that you've you know seen that the first one was introduced in 1965, what do you think about that? It's quite recent, isn't it? This is only like a generation or two behind us.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, uh, I mean, I was waiting for Sammy to come in there, but yeah, definitely, it's, it's something that's quite recent, and I'm surprised I, I didn't really look into that too much, and to see that it was just in the 1960s, I'm, I'm guessing that's when a lot of people from not just uh, abroad came over, but even in the UK, I know a lot of families that then moved from like England up to Scotland, so around that time, so it is it is quite recent, and uh, you know, interesting that you brought that up. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, because
4: this
0: is... Yeah. It ties in with the uh, uh, civil civil rights uh, uh, kind of movement around about that time as well. Kind of rough, kind of time like yes, that yes. kind of era kind of comes around the same time
4: as that. No,
1: definitely.
4: and the reason well, one of the reason why I wanted to mention that was because you know one of the things that used to happen like literally like it says that you know at, at that time you know the signs that we probably learned about in primary school you know the racism where it says no black it's I should no dogs these were signs that were up in public like imagine like i could imagine that one imagine walking out of your house and walking to the corner shop and you see a sign you know something you know along those lines or being discriminated to that you know to that extent and it's only happening like two generations before us Uh, honestly that's insane
1: right you know uh, and 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 spot on It's, it's amazing imagine living through that era where you're seeing signs up to to, to stop people being racist, and you know, you know, I wanted to come and touch upon the point and ask you both this question. I mean, you, you answered, you know, yes to racism does still exist, and Sammy, I'm guessing you, like many uh, of us, have the same answer to that. I'm but, but I'm
0: let's get, unfortunately, st- yes, it's true, it still does exist,
1: yeah, and let's get straight to the point, you know, when when was the most recent racist encounter that you've experienced? And remember, when we talk about racism, it it can be anything. I mean, racism can be being called racist names or being sent insulting messages or threats. It could be having your belongings damaged and, uh, you know, anywhere from racist graffiti to, to being left out or, or not treated properly. So, uh, Sammy, go ahead. What, what would you call your last recent racist encounter? See
0: I, I don't know. Maybe I was lucky in a way. I... I, I I was lucky in a way that I didn't really experience racism up until maybe recently in the last maybe few months actually okay. I was just I was at work and uh, it was a busy Saturday night as you do in the restaurant so, uh, I was working and I just I just got abused by someone on the phone and towards the end of the call he called me a black so and so so that was the first and that really hit me like hard from that whole day I couldn't believe it I was just shocked um, okay. I'd never experienced it first of all uh, ever but it was really shocking to hear it from someone's mouth directly to me. It
1: is, um, is shocking. And, you know, when you hear those words, it really just, you feel disgusted inside. Aqob, have you got any anything recent that you'd like
4: to share? Or um, I was just trying to think. I mean, it's a bit difficult. I think we move to times where, I mean, Previously, like we discussed, there was a lot of overt racism, and now I believe it's shifted towards covert racism. I feel like uh, I witnessed it a lot online. Uh, I've not really had much, you know, um, directed at me, but actually, that is speaking about. I think it a couple of years ago, I think it was about two years, three years. I think we went into Trafford Centre, and I think I was in my jumper, right? And I had a for a bit; my beard was a bit longer, or whatever. And uh, so I walked into uh, to the Trafford Centre and um, and we, and as soon as you go into one of the shops, you, you go straight up the escalators and in front of me was a little kid and in front of the little kid was the mom. So when the when the mom's turned around and she seen me, she's got a bit scared. The look that she had on her face, she quickly went and grabbed the child, right? Like even the child was like two or three steps down okay. and just started like walking at a fast pace in front of me, nice. which obviously to be honest with you, I found the funny side of it at, at that time. But I guess I, I experienced a lot of it when I was younger. Um, but when you get a bit older, like, it depends. I feel like it's the the vulnerable that kind of get preyed upon in public. I think it's mainly our sisters and I think the elderly ladies that that experience the uh, typical sure. kind of, uh, you know, racism least, uh, in public. Because we're young lads, you know, we're, we're, when we're out and about, we're usually with a few friends, so... Um, you know, you got to be quite brave to just start, you know, picking on a no, on a bunch right. of lads. Do you know what I mean? So, I mean, for, I personally, there's not much
1: for me. I'm going to be honest. I mean, starting off from when I was younger. I mean, uh, I mentioned on the show before. I was when I was younger. I used to play a lot of football and 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 competitively as well. And For me, ever since I was younger, because I was living in a kind of non-Muslim community in Glasgow, I remember the amount of racism that, that we received to the point where we actually, you know, I'm pretty sure my family had to go to court once because our house used to be targeted all the time. I remember growing up that our windows used to get smashed in every day because they knew that, we were a Muslim family in the area in Pakistani and I remember at school I used to get chased and, and called names and stuff like that and this is when I was quite young and I remember, I can even recall a time when there was a, a group of lads maybe in their 20s or in, in terms of numbers, I'm talking about maybe 20, 25 youths outside the house trying to break our door in and calling us everything and We even had to go, like I said, get the police involved. So for me, I mean, I've been in... in, This is why tonight's topic was so important to me and I wanted to discuss it because back then I went through a lot and especially in football. I mean, when I was trying to get up the ranks and I was trying to compete quite competitively, it was very difficult for me, especially at Scottish football tournaments, you know, and and trying to represent, you know, uh, our team. They didn't really want to see a young Pakistani lad representing a, a British team. And I remember that it was really hard for me when I was younger and even then I used to kind of just let it go and and, and kind of live with it uh, because I was surrounded by so many non-Muslims back then but as I grew older I mean I didn't experience it as much until I started I think driving and you know and you guys will probably might have had the similar situations where you know you get pulled up by the police and they see a young Asian lad driving a half decent car and before you know it they're stopping and searching you and saying you've got drugs in the vehicle that's something that I've I've went through as well, but and why you know really why I wanted to to do this topic tonight is the reason why racism I wanted to discuss was because see over the last few weeks and months I've experienced so much racism, mm-hmm. and you guys and then I know a couple of the boys are looking at me like yeah what wh- what do you mean then, well I'm experiencing a lot of racism online so like I said us guys like to do a lot of gaming and we like to play a lot of Call of Duty and. Mm-hmm. SubhanAllah, so you know, when I'm on Call of Duty, it brings a lot of us Muslim brothers together, but the amount of racial abuse I've received in the last few weeks and months, and I've got recordings of it, and, you know, it's it's horrible. And some of the guys that are, I know, like dear brother Faraz and some of the other lads have, have seen it as well. I mean, even today, just before the show, we were playing a couple of games before Iftari to burn some time while I was doing my research. <laughs> and um, we were called, you know, racist slurs. And that isn't because... It's not just because, you know, a couple of the guys have Pakistan flags on and their name tag. It's also because they recognize Muslim names now. Mm. So so they see Zen or they see, you know, Fraz or another Muslim name. And so my, honestly, guys, uh, it's something that I've experienced every day in the last few weeks. And it's disgusting. And, uh, you know, like Sammy said, when, when someone was racist to him, that feeling that you get inside, it's, it burns and it really hurts. And... And this is, like, why I really want to pose the question is, why are people racist? And it's something that I've always trying to get my head around, and I've always tried to understand. I mean, Akoob, I know you're trying to come in there.
4: Yeah, um, it is, because uh, you do ask yourself, don't you, because, you know, as you get a little bit older, you think apart from, you know, one's skin, uh, skin pigmentation, what is the difference between two individuals, really? Do you know what I mean? So uh, I think it stems from um, culture, society, um, upbringing. When, when I grew up, um, I mean, luckily, I think, when I started high school, I know we spoke about, it, you know, uh, a little bit on the other shows. So there wasn't many kind of ethnic minorities in our school. So the racism, there was quite a lot of racism, you know, to be fair, at that age, but I felt it was more like a popularity kind of social thing, as opposed to people actually, um, you know, hating on ethnic minorities. I felt like you know the people used to maybe say p- pass one or two remarks when they were with their group of friends, just because they wanted to show off in front of their friends, not because okay. they generally felt some kind of hatred towards ethnic minorities. Because the funny, what I used to find funny was a lot of the people that used to do that when. When I used to speak to them, you know, one-to-one, when they were in a class with you, when their friends weren't there, they were they were fine. <laughs> but it was sometimes, you know, when they were with their friends, they used to kind of, you know, say a couple of remarks here and there. I think what you've touched, o- touched upon is, um, I think, modern-day racism. I think a lot of people are experiencing it online. Um, because they're not there face-to-face with you, I think people... Um, you know, sat behind a Facebook screen or, you know, online on, you know, like I said, playing a video game. Um, it's, it's easy, isn't it? It's easy to it's, be racist to one that's not in front of you. So it, them kind of things can come out. It's, it's e- But even like, I know like, yeah.
1: No, no, carry on.
4: Here, I, go. I was going to say like, even I know with the Call of Duty, because I played with you a couple of games and you see it, you know, I played Call of Duty even in the past and you get into this thing, right? Where, you know, you're one team and you're playing against another group <laughs> of individuals. Now, what happens is, yes, you, the game might get a bit competitive, you start verbally abusing each other. Now, yes, there, there might be racial slurs and things coming out. I know it might sound a bit silly, but then people might not generally have problems with ethnic minorities. It's just a way of abusing, do you know what I mean, at that moment in time, yeah. just yeah. abusing the, the the party. But then again, this is language that shouldn't be used, isn't it? No,
1: definitely. And and Sammy, coming over to yourself, I know you're trying to get in there, like, you know what? What's like you received that call and you, you've experienced that recently. Why? Why do you think people are racist? What is it about it that that triggers them to do it?
0: I don't know. I just think it just either they think I don't know. Either it's a defense mechanism or what. Like I feel like since like post 11 and then obviously the things that followed since then in terms of, like terrorism and stuff. It's been the media kind of the spin on, uh, in the media and everything that's. I think it's just it's made people's minds up for them. Yeah. they don't think about if they if they've got Muslim neighbors or if they've children in their uh, uh, class uh, when they go to the same class as their children or whatever. they don't think about that. They think about the the wider they they basically read whatever they read in the front page of the Daily Mail or yeah. whatever they read whatever they hear in the news. And and instead of actually taking their own life experiences with Muslims, like, for instance, if you've got a neighbour or whatever else, they they don't look at that. It just tends to be what they're reading. They're just kind of indoctrinated into their heads now.
1: No, definitely. definitely. I
0: feel like it definitely stems from that specifically and Islamophobia.
4: No, I think so, Samir. And I I completely agree with you because, you know, nobody's born a racist. You know, let's be honest. Like, the way I see it is everyone's born with a blank canvas and depending on their life experiences and, and the information, the data that they receive, um, you know, from different things like media, family, you know, the environment, that, that then paints their commerce. Another
0: out. thing Akub, that you mentioned mm-hmm. near the start of the show was that you said that a lot of people are covertly racist. And that is so true because I've experienced that. Like, they won't be racist directly to your face in so many words, but they'll say things and they'll do things and you'll just know exactly where they're coming from.
3: Uh, and
0: i've experienced that i've experienced that like in the windows and stuff like that they'll say things or do things and like you'll just be sad they're like right okay i understand completely where you're coming from now
4: because we're in an era at this moment in time where people that are racist do not like to be called racist whereas previously it was fine like you know people like i said before the legislation the acts come out if you was racist, you used to be open about your racism and yeah. it was. if anything, it was discouraged if you weren't racist, you know what I mean? So, whereas now, it's, it, you know, people are offended, even if they actually, if they are racist. Hello?
1: I, th- I think we've lost a globe there, it's kind of cut off. Uh, look, let me just bring in Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr's here and you wanted to, to jump in there. But definitely, Abu Bakr, I mean, w- you know, you've grown up with a lot of non-Muslim friends and I know some of your friends too. I mean, have you experienced any racism recently? And also, why do you think people are racist? You hear it from me every day when I come in and I say, oh, someone said this to me today and and so on. So why do you think people are racist?
2: So I think the the first time I experienced racism was back in high school. It was amongst uh, my friends. Um, Um... Oh, what was I gonna say again?
1: Oh, you've forgotten all of us I know. Uh, Thanks, so, so tell me. So, so it was yeah. amongst
2: the f- friends. You know, we're out. It was a hot summer day in school, and uh, we're playing football. And one of the boys shouted something over at me, but I never heard what he said. But it was a okay. ra- it was a racial slur, and uh, one of the teachers heard it. Okay. And they took the matter really seriously, and they took it actually more seriously than I took it. I kind of just brushed it off. I was like, ah, yeah, well, Okay. Uh, that's funny, blah. But the teachers took it seriously and they wanted to get the police involved and they wanted Whoa, to expel okay. the student and stuff, but they were asking me, what should, I, what do you want to do? But I was <laughs> like, he's one of my friends uh, and we kind of just resolved it and he was like, no, I didn't say it, I didn't say it. And then he ended up uh, just telling the truth to the teacher and be like, okay. yeah, I said it, blah, I'm sorry. And he came over to me and he was like, "You know, I didn't mean it like that, you know, we're all friends, blah, blah, And that was kind of the end of it. Um also with you, you know, you've said you uh, back when you were in school you experienced racism within football. Uh, That's what uh, me and some of the Asian boys in my year felt because a lot of us played football and we used to play competitively for teams outside and for the school team as well. And we used to find that the coaches were Quite racist because they know that we were better than some of the white players, but okay. they they uh, put them on instead yeah. of us and they bench us for the entire I game. That's, so
1: that's really really common, and uh, I didn't didn't think of you, Abubakar, of being a wee number nine striker there. Eh? <laughs> now before the adverts, there we were getting right into tonight's discussion uh, about racism. Does it still exist? And even throughout the break, there I was receiving messages from people, and I, I just want to read a, a couple of them out. And and I was receiving these messages throughout the day. I did a poll on Instagram and asked people if they still experience racism and I've had a few messages here I mean from someone that said yes it it does exist and very subtly too and also someone that said that you know they've received racism in Costco and and thanks for sending that message in and uh, I've also received some other messages here saying of course it still exists the only difference is some people tend to keep it to themselves now but they are still racist And someone else has written here, especially in socially deprived, uneducated areas. It's it's so common now. Now, before the advert break there, we were discussing with our dear guests, Akob and Sami, about how, you know, different experiences we've had with racism. And also we discussed about why possibly people tend to be racist. But one question that came up a lot when we were doing the research and something that really got me thinking and I really wanted to discuss is, are we as, as Muslim Pakistanis here in Glasgow and the way we're brought up, are we racist? And that's something that's definitely worth talking about because how many times do we hear ourselves calling, you know, non-Muslims a certain name or, or you know, even black people, you know, and it's and it's very common now and I've heard a lot of stories where Pakistanis have been racist towards, you know, uh, black people and obviously to, to, to the white people as well. So let's open up that and uh, I'll go over to Sami first, actually. Sami... Are we racist as, as as Muslim Pakistanis growing up? Are we racist?
0: Definitely, think so. Um, I don't like. I wouldn't say like all of us are racist, but um, I'd, I'd say I say a large proportion unfortunately are, especially South Asians. We we tend to we tend to just wash over it because it's it's not something we like we like to admit. But okay. I feel I feel like we are definitely.
1: Yeah, I mean, how many times do you hear? You know, our uncles or our you know even elders. <laughs> talking about a different race or a different group and we, we call them by different names I mean, before the adverts they were talking about why other people are racist to us but, you know, just like Akul was mentioning sometimes it's just one of those things that just comes out your mouth when you're kind of taking the mick out of someone or having a bit of a laugh but it, it is common between our own community as well and it's something that's definitely worth highlighting Akob, you know, we're discussing obviously are we racist? I mean, do you want to add to that?
4: Well, definitely. I think there's a lot of ignorance, and um, I think that's where it stems from within our communities. Um, Because how can we be Muslim if if we're racist? How can we say we're following, you know, our holy scriptures if if we're a racist? Um, So it's a bit of a tricky one, isn't it? Like I said, I think it's a bit mainly ignorance. I think there's a as uh, especially within our kind of Asian Pakistani communities, we make a lot of generalizations about people. So there's a lot of pre-misconceptions that they, you know, that they have in their head, and they'll generalize that with, with a certain type of, you know, people, or from certain backgrounds or faiths or whatever it may be. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, if we look at um, within our communities, if we look at how many interracial marriages we have in within our communities, there's not very many, is there? Yeah. That probably answers the question. Is uh, you know how we race. I think I know about. I know a few maybe less, you know, I could count on, on one hand. Um, that probably indicates maybe where, where, where
1: we're at. Where we're at? So, yeah. And I, go, I, go, I know one thing that's really common is, you know, especially within the Pakistani community is the whole caste system when it comes to getting married or or interfamily relations. It's like, you know, What's, what's you know, they've got a certain caste. they're from this part of that tribe and something. So mm-hmm. that could be considered a bit of racism as well. And I think culturally that's something that you see more and more now, especially within our community and growing up when you're at this age when a lot of the brothers and sisters are around in their 20s looking to get married. They experience it's, that a lot, you know?
4: No, no, exactly. Because th- this is why I was saying that I don't think it's just direct racism, I think it's just ignorance. Be- because, like you just mentioned, you know we we have these you know misconception. Like I said, we label and we judge certain types of individuals. We do it with kind of all different people from different faiths, different backgrounds, and even, like you said, even people with our faith from our very communities, but literally just from a different part part of that land. Um, and we have certain ca- we associate certain characteristics with certain castes. Yeah. And what do you think is that? we uh, you always like for instance whichever cast you are you want to feel like you're the superior cast and you the cast yeah you. The, 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 that same cast that True. you're looking at as an inferior is having that exact same opposite view to what you're having they're seeing you as an inferior cast to them so it's quite ridiculous, to be honest It stems from, obviously, Pakistani kind of culture, Pakistani origin. But I think we're moving away from that, don't you think, Zen?
1: Yeah. I, do you know what? The more and more I see it now, I mean, I was mentioning there that it's quite common. Although it is quite common, I'm starting to see a lot of, you know... Um, different types of, of cultures now getting together and through marriage and just through general, you know, like I know when I do a lot of events, I come across, you know, Muslims from all over the world, from from whether it's Arab countries or even from here, people that are from the black community and so on, and you know for me i mean being muslim one reason why it's so important is it just brings us all together and we discussed that yesterday when we discussed about hajj and umrah how when you go to countries like that i mean you know even that that racial pride or that you know bit of racist person that you have within you when you when you're amongst muslims and you're doing good things such as hajj umrah or or, or charity or fundraising you know, it brings everyone together and then it just doesn't matter. I mean, today I must have mingled with, you know, not mingled, I mean, socially distanced myself, but I was still obviously volunteering <laughs> at the food bank. But, you know, I was distributing some of the food parcels out and I met brothers and sisters from all over the world, you know, that are here in Glasgow, from from whether it's Romania all the way to our brother from possibly Nigeria, I think he, he was. So, you know, and you know, within myself, I I don't have any racial, you know, prejudice or I don't feel bad towards those people but there are, you know, within the Muslim community and I've seen it and and sometimes within my friends, they'll make comments and I'll just say, look bro, you know, I just can't, you know, don't say that or and it just comes out and that's probably some reason why, you know, a lot of the racism that we receive to those people it's just second nature to make those comments but I think that's why it was worth touching upon you, on you come I feel
0: like uh, it's, it's a lot in the older generation especially, um, yeah. just because of the way they were when they came into this country or whatever, it was, it was kind of different for them, or growing up for them, it was different, um, But whereas whether, I think racism is more highlighted, like in terms of being anti-racist and it's more um, evident that, to be against it rather than all the way around. I think a lot of this, just, like, like Uncle Bob says, stems from ignorance and lack of education on certain things.
1: No, but definitely racism
4: is a, is a is a disease you know and the way I see it is honestly if you' if you're a racist it's affecting you probably worse that that mentality and that mindset is impacting you worse than it is anyone else like for yeah, instance yeah. we live in you know the UK or you know you guys in Scotland I'm in you know down in Manchester we live in diverse populations imagine me walking through my door if I was if I you know if I was racist against certain type of individuals that means that I'm restricted to then interacting or getting the full potential out of out of that type of race. Imagine I go to a workplace and there's a certain race that I don't like and that person's there. How am I gonna interact with them? How am I gonna work from them? How am I gonna learn of them? Yeah. There might be certain services that, that certain individuals that you know can provide. A racist, you only limit yourself when you're a racist because at the end of the day, what you're achieving by hating on, on another individual, you're just spending I your you know your own mental energy just yep. thinking about other people.
0: I feel like it has a knock on effect on your children as well. Like if you're racist, your kids are like like said earlier on in the show, you're not born racist. If your if your if your parents are racist, then you're more likely going to turn out like that as well. Yeah, and uh, a funny a funny thing like just the, uh, I want to say is it tends to be the racist that loves the love the Asian food and the curries just as much as the <laughs> others. Just that that's just something I want you to You
1: know add, what Sammy? It? It's funny you said that. You know when um uh, uh, a lot of the racist slurs I receive online and, and sometimes it always just ends up relating to them saying something about curry and I, I have to respond back to them and say, I don't even like curry, mate, it's you guys that order it, you know what I mean? And and then, exactly. it, just, and then it you at least so, twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's funny, right? And, and that is, you know, and, and obviously I'm not being racist back. I'm just trying to say that that is not the best stereotype to, to have on us. But look, guys, I mean, you know, it's great that we touched upon that about, our, you know, and we opened up that, you know, it is a thing within our community and we see it as well, that we are racist amongst ourselves. And, um, you know, inshallah, Allah you know, makes us Muslims especially move away from that and, and start to see eye to eye a bit more. And coming over, you know, we, we talked about racists, uh, racism that we've received, but let's talk about racism in terms of, in, in the general public. I mean, stuff like racism in sport. Now, I know, um, Sammy, you, you know, you follow sport, as does a globe and, and myself. I mean, how many times have you read a, a news article about racism in football? I mean, the, the, I was reading an article earlier on today that, a rise in football racism goes up by up fifty uh, percent in one year. So more than one hundred and fifty incidents were reported last season to the police. And you know you're you're, you're watching a a match and. You see sometimes you know the fans are making monkey gestures to to some players and I mean how many times have you seen it I mean a recent story was Musa uh, Marega who's who's a footballer at um, I think Porto yeah he's at he's at Porto he walked off the pitch in February because he was he been racially abused by the opposition fans and it's it's horrible to see racism anywhere but in football obviously it's the heat of the moment you've got all the fans packed in there and now we're starting to see so many, you know, black and Muslim players from around the world playing football and other sports as well. And and, and I don't think I've heard of one sport where there's not been racism as, as being a talking point at some point within that sport. So, I mean, is there anything you want to add to that, Sammy?
0: Yeah, I feel like like you said when I was growing up when I was younger maybe you just didn't notice it as much or there wasn't much media coverage on it but there was there was. I didn't feel like there was so much racism in sport at that time yeah. but now it's pretty much every other weekend you can hear it you yeah. can hear like uh, racist chants at stadiums you can hear like you hear about it after the game players complaining about it or something like that like it's just I feel like it's like since the shift has happened and then like Politics have went from being like centrist to the like, more right wing in America and the UK. It's really just, it's really just shifted over, and it's gotten a lot worse. And especially like since the Brexit vote and since Donald Trump got elected, and all of this kind. Of, it's just, it's just all. It's just been a massive swing, and but, it's just much worse than it used to be.
1: On that, Sammy. I mean, you mentioned there are a couple of names. I mean, people like Tommy Robinson and and Donald Trump, and even Boris Johnson. I mean, let me just mention something here that you know. There's an article here I've got as well about you know since Boris Johnson's coming, the the rise in not just racism kind of offences, but just uh, in terms of Islamophobic kind of things that have gone on just since he's come into power. I mean, do these people play a big part in it? Do you think?
0: Yes, one hundred percent. And I feel like it just it just feeds this it just feeds this scenario more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, I agree with you there.
1: Yeah, I mean, just just want to uh, get in a couple of facts and figures. You know I like doing that on the show, Well, Tell Mama confirmed as much as in September 2019. Islamophobic incidents rose by 375% in the week after Boris Johnson compared Muslim women that are covered to letterboxes. And that was in August 2018. And... You know, it's amazing because they were supported by people like Tommy Robinson and, and Katie Hopkins, I and mean, we see a lot of that on social media. And, and there was also, a, you know, that time when the fourteen-year-old Muslim girl was violently attacked on her way home from school, and the people that did that to her only got a caution. So. I mean, that angers us in our community, but these people, because they they, they kind of come across as racist online and, and the things that we see, it has a massive impact. And, uh, Abu Bakr wanted to, to come in there, Abu Bakr.
2: Yeah, so you were just speaking about Tommy Robinson there. You know, I think he plays a major part in, you know, online racism and, uh, you know, stuff like that, because... Uh, you know that that hate, and then people share that hate. I know one one of my friends he reposted a couple of uh, Tommy Robinson's videos, mm-hmm. and uh, I was I was actually really mad at it, and I of and I confronted him and I said, look, do you actually believe in that stuff? Because. He, the boy it shared it he stays around the corner from me and we've been childhood friends and I was like where have you ever witnessed anything that's been said in this video like you know where we stay is a quiet area you know there's no you know uh, people of color or you know re- re- uh, religious people doing anything like that here. So I was like, like, what's the point in, yeah, in sharing that? It's not. I don't think you believe in that. Do
1: you know? You've made a valid point there. I mean, there's there's a few occasions I can recall when I've seen friends that I've grown up with that are not Muslim, and they've po- they've posted or shared something that's EDL or something like that, and they're promoting it. And I'm thinking, but you're a close friend of mine. Yeah. And then I have had to confront a couple of people and and hear their views and. It's amazing because it does exist and it's happening. I mean, and, and going back to the sport aspect of it, there's. I know I've received a message there from, from Sammy as well there about Mario Balotelli mentioning about how we should get out of Europe and because of the racism here, but... You know, even Ian Wright recently, one of the most recent news articles during lockdown was Ian Wright was was very upset after he received racist messages on social media. And I remember seeing a lot of action on that on on Twitter and stuff like that. Before I move away from the whole sport point of view, is there anything else that you'd like to mention on that?
4: No, definitely. I mean, I wish Fraz was here because he'd be able to tell me. But do you remember this? Uh, I don't know if it was actually the last England game that was played, or one of the last few when when, when we played away and and the England players. Uh, we um, were getting abused from the crowd. Do you remember that incident?
1: I can't recall, but maybe Sammy might know something about it. I, I, do, I do. I do
4: remember it. Yes, I can't remember what team it was, but that was like a whole country that was kind of racist. And even like the coach of, do you remember the coach of the uh, the opposite team was de- was not he wasn't defending her but he wasn't condemning it either, was he? He was. He was kind of on the fence. Wow. Do you remember? And and it caused a big. It was, it was generally fire. shocking, like this. But yeah. I, just to,
0: just to add to a point, there, like if you just look at the. Like there's a young, successful black footballer named Raheem Sterling. Just look at the, the way the the way the media treats him.
4: Definitely, and, uh, the way the way people question. treat him
0: uh, is is crazy because he's young, he's successful, he's very talented. Um, he, he's he's done he's done well, and um, just the way he's treated in the media. Like if if you compare the Daily Mail articles about him, and then for instance, a white footballer that done the same thing. It's like, it's like
1: chalk trees. cheese. Yeah. And, and yeah. one thing I wanted to mention, I mean, uh, Fraz Ali's given us the, the names there. It was Tyron Mings and it was against Bulgaria. So if anyone wants to read up on that match. I mean, when when footballers are, are doing you know their thing, they're obviously at their workplace. And, and coming over to the workplace side of it, one in three adults have experienced or witnessed racism at work. And that's a study on the independent that you can go and read up about. And it's amazing to, to see that because... You know, a lot of us come back and say, oh, you know, this happened at work and that happened at work. But it does exist and it's happening within within workplaces, you know. And, and it's amazing because, you know, and racism is not just... In terms of uh, you know on, on about people's color and stuff like that it can also be against how they look if they're wearing glasses or if there are certain sexual orientation which is you know a big thing now within the UK so it can be all all sorts of things that can be called racist I mean in the workplace we've already had an example from the from the dear brother Sammy there mentioning about who received a call in work and. It is you know, it's it's sad to see. I mean in work I've I feel like I've experienced a bit of, of racism when I've been working and stuff like that, but you know, over the last few years I've been running my own business. I don't think I've I've really come across too much racism at work. I mean at you were telling us a lot about your career and, and you went to uni and then went to obviously work in, in finance and within the banks and you said that a lot of the companies there catered for you, so I'm guessing you didn't experience much racism at your workplace. Um.
4: You know, like, for instance, even like I said, with with my, you know, with with going to interviews and everything like that, I I haven't been, I think I've only had like two or three unsuccessful interviews. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, get the violin out because I think I've had a bit of an easy ride when it comes to kind of like workplace environments. There's a few funny instances. Like I remember uh, my first job at KFC. So I used to be in the drive-thru some days, right? And the customer used to come around the drive-thru and he'll ask the question is your food halal and it will be like yeah they're like right we're not ordering from you we're going mcdonald's <laughs> you know just 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 you know it's deep in the and i genuinely used to just start laughing out of your to the window uh, i don't even get offended by things like that but uh, in workplaces in this day and age um there, there might there may be one off kind of instances i'm sure there's there's other instances around but i haven't personally kind of Um, felt any kind of discrimination or any racism whilst in the workplace maybe travelling to and from the workplace um, but not not actually in the workplace itself okay now
1: look I mean we see a lot of stuff online nowadays and and, and for those that are on social media and things like that I mean I see it a a lot, especially when I'm on things like, you know, maybe Twitter or or Instagram and sometimes you come across things and and even things where people have posted online. I mean, I think the other day there was a a brother that's well known on Instagram and, uh, you know, the guy who does the cars from Birmingham. I don't really want to mention his name, uh, but yeah, he he recently had an issue where he was being cyberbullied online and. He actually was on Instagram Live and he made a a, a racial slur online on social media and he's been been attacked for it because it was in the month of Ramadan, he's a Muslim brother, I mean we're not to judge, but he made a mistake by saying a racist word and that just blew up and it's been on Twitter and I don't know if Sammy you've come across it but I've been reading about it on my timeline.
0: Yeah, definitely seen that. Uh, I I seen it when when it actually happened. I was uh, he was on live, and I clicked on it, and I w- watched it, and I seen it actually being said live, and I was just shocked at the time, and I thought maybe it's just heat the moment. He shouldn't have said it. It's wrong. I'm not trying to condone it or anything, but um, sometimes you you don't know what emotions he's been going through or whatever whatever has been happening behind the scenes.
1: Yeah. Um, so. I- and, you know, it just uh, it comes across. I mean, the, the brother did come out and apologise in the end, but it shouldn't have really happened. And it because of social media, when you say something or you tweet something or you share something, we were just especially discussing,
0: when yeah. you have a platform like that. Like, yeah, I think you need to be more careful of your words you, because a lot of people look up to him. A lot of children look up to him, yeah. uh, and he's he's a bit of a role model, even though you didn't choose to be a role model. Yeah, that, he that that's story's interesting. That's the responsibility because. that comes
3: with it.
4: Because although it's a racial slur, but, you know, we all like this. You know, we listen to hip-hop and we listen to music. is It's a term that's so commonly used and it's commonly thrown around. Is you know, on, on social media, on TV channels, you know, playing live, you know, across the world. We're in a bit of a tricky kind of situation with certain things. What's You know, I know, Samir, you wanted to speak about, you know, the term paki and, um, you know, even the same thing with the N-word. We're, like, we're in a bit of a situation where historically, yeah, it was such a, you know, whatever, you know, racist slur, but now we have comics and we have comedians coming out with sketches to address these issues, and we have music artists coming out and saying these words, like, we're at a point where it's difficult, isn't it? It's like, is it still racist, if that makes sense? For me, it's not about what, what people say it's about in the context that they say it in, and the, you know, and the reason behind why, the, why, why they're saying it, because if you're saying what, obviously, the individual... What's said online is a racial slip, but then what about the you know the dozens of music videos that yep. that use that same word multiple times?
0: That's true. As far as the word "paki" goes, like I feel like, in terms of context, I agree with your point. Liz, but like, I think it comes down to education. Like a lot of people don't assume that word or don't like that word with any kind of racial, uh, kind of con- they, don't, they don't understand the connotations that it carries. They just think, okay, it just means short for Pakistani. But a lot a lot of them don't understand the history or the origin of that word. Like in the 60s and the, in the 70s and the 80s, it, it was used as a racial slur towards uh, people of the South Asian back then. Yeah. And most people don't even understand that. Like Most people don't even know that. They just use it because they've seen someone else use it and they they grew up around it and then it's okay for them to say it. But I think you really need to be able to differentiate between it and really understand the meaning of it and then make your mind up whether you're going to use it or not.
4: I personally try not to use it. Sometimes
0: it comes out, I try not to use it. I'm not going to pretend I don't, but I think it's better if you don't use it.
4: Yeah, no, I think it definitely is if you if you can stay. It's like, for instance, like the N-word, like I said, you grow up listening to all this hip-hop, rap kind of music. When you sing into a song, you actually end up singing along. And I didn't really think too much of it um, at the time until, like I said, we, we spoke about in the group on earlier about Akala, who is a big advocate for change and he speaks a lot about racism and he speaks a lot about, you know, doing a fantastic job, you know, in the UK in terms of con- combating that. And I think I listened to one of his talks about the use of that word and then since then I've definitely limited it, if not completely stopped using that term because it refers to how, you know, people uh, again it was a racial slur being used in the historic people were when they weren't even seen as people and it was a term used to kind of associate with, with yeah. black people. So it, it it holds quite a deep meaning and um, quite emotional and quite sad um, yeah, background to that. So and, and it is, is it's a tricky one, isn't it?
1: Yeah, before we go to an advert break, just to finish off on that, I mean Fraserly saying it's still a racist term, don't forget that. The term came from the sixties through to the nineties when paki bashing became thing amongst the Brits. So thanks for mentioning that, uh, Fra Frazalies. a great man, always sending us updates and correcting us over the, the WhatsApp. So big <laughs> up Fraz, come on. <laughs> Fraz from Birmingham. I know he didn't want to come on tonight, but a hundred lad, look we guys we're having a great show and when we come back Um, Let's continue our discussion and uh, we're going to talk a bit more about the Black Lives Matter movement and and some of the recent events in America. Tonight we're discussing a great topic. We're discussing racism. Does it still exist? And honestly, what an interesting show we've had. We've been talking about things that we've experienced, talking about racism within our own community and and being racist to one another. And just before the advert break there, we were discussing how racism takes place in workplaces and sport and uh, also within other communities. Now, talking about that, talking about communities, I mean, one point that is definitely worth talking about, and and I'm going to obviously introduce our guests back, and Sami and Abu Bakr, who's co-hosting with me today, uh, is about Black Lives Matter. Now, how many times have you went onto Facebook or, or seen a news article on the BBC about another shooting that's happening or, or another murder or, or death in America. I mean, the most recent story of dear brother uh, Ahmed Aubrey in uh, America who was out jogging and these two, I, would, I will say it, I will say racist murderers went along and, uh, you know, killed that man and it was caught on video and, you know, honestly, it's so scary because, I mean, I'm seeing it so often now and we're all seeing it. It's happening... You know, more or less every week or two, and it's so sad to see. I mean, the the things that the the black community are going through uh, in America and uh, around the world as well. But just the stories that come out of America every week, every week, are cool. But something that was so common now and, and and before. I go ahead and bring you in. I mean, just during the advert break there, go, we we got the news that it's actually your birthday today. So many happy returns. <laughs> Thank you for that. Right, guys, I'm not going to be doing any singalongs, okay? It's Ramadan, last ten nights. But Akob, you know, um, you can do that. <laughs> Just keep after in the, the duas, that's
4: all I ask.
1: Um, We will do that. The, the listeners inshallah. on Radio Ramadan tonight will keep Akob and the duas, and all of us, inshallah I go, you know, exactly, yeah. how many times do you see it? You, you go on your phone and the next thing you know, another black brother has been uh, murdered or, or killed or shot by police in America.
4: Honestly, it's, it's actually disgraceful, like, you know, to the point where even, like, there's been so many political movements and there have been so many, and it, it doesn't seem to be getting any better. Like, I was watching, um, I, I think it was on the on the tv on the radio wherever i was watching it on and there was a um a lady from the black community in america and she was really upset and um she was really angry because one of the points that she made was that whenever another group of individuals is discriminated against the black community assists and supports their cause and she says you know, but when when we're getting discriminated against, you know, when these inc- freak incidences like this are, are happening, and they're happening far too common, commonly, where are the communities that, that are assisting their community? So it's sad to hear, and, and, you know, in America, like you said, it's to the point where it affects one's death. Like, in the UK, I know we, we, do, we do have a lot of discrimination against black people, especially, like, you know, from the police, and it's more towards, like, stop and search and inconvenience, but... I know we have had incidents in this country but it's not as common in this country as it is in america because but to actually take someone's life you know let, let's say for instance you, you know someone is stealing the de- the the consequences of stealing are you you're probably going to get a fine or a caution it's, it's not the death penalty do you know what i mean yeah like what, what must be going through an in, in individual's head to feel like they're going to take it upon themselves um to, go to take- kind of be the,
1: yeah, judge, jury, executioner. I mean, a I mean, the the worrying thing about that story was that it took, I think it was a couple of weeks before they even made an arrest. It, it had, you know, people had to come out, celebrities had to had to get involved and, and publicize what had happened for action to be taken. And even then, I mean, I have seen something on Facebook. There's been groups created backing up those two. To, to people that killed that that brother, and uh, you know they're saying, oh, you know he, he could have been a robber, and so what? And people are supporting them and saying they did the right thing. And, so man and the lads.
0: man was just out for a jog. That's the thing. Like I they they, I think it just comes down to white privilege as well to, uh, to an extent. Like, can probably talk about white privilege for the whole show, but um, uh, the fact that they think that they can just question any black man walking down the street, like, why does he owe you an, an explanation? I don't understand. Yeah. And for that reason, they just, they just pull out a gun and shoot them. I feel it's, like the, 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 the killing of black people in America has become so normalised that it's just, uh, like you said about the lady that they were asking, oh, where's everyone else, where's the outcry? I feel yeah. like it's become so normalised. Just, it's just something you see on your newsfeed all the time. And you yeah. just end up scroll- scrolling past it. It's, it's so sad.
1: It's, no, definitely. I mean... It really hurts me and you know uh, some of the brothers now that have been been killed are Muslim and that hurts even more because you know, they're targeted for all these different reasons and I mean, I wonder how, you know, I've seen some videos of, of women, you know, black women being attacked and, uh, you know, and it hurts so much because that's someone's mother it's someone's sister and you see some of these police officers and it's scary and, and sometimes, uh, you know, as much as I want to go to America, I've never been there I'm also scared because you hear all these stories about how you might get stopped at the airport and, you know, how because it's just that image that they've got of Muslims and It's happening in in so many instances now and and I definitely, I really wanted to touch on that point about how, you know, the black people are treated and it's, you know, it's so common, like you guys said you go on your news feed and you see something and, you know, may Allah make it easy for everyone because it is tough, it is tough out there and because guns are so normal in America and people can own guns there it's it's scary, you know, that you can just be attacked at any point you know, and, and coming on to other things, you know, like In terms of Islamophobia and and stuff like that and racism, a lot of the brothers before the show and the researchers were talking about Akala and how we've seen him on the TV and on on Question Time and shows like that, you know, going against racists. I mean, we've seen that very epic interview and that, uh, sorry, that discussion where Tommy Robinson's in the audience and Akala really schools him, you know, and uh it's it's amazing to see stuff like that. I mean, I've also I remember back in the day George Galloway doing videos where he's on the new on, on the news on Sky News and they're talking about things like Iraq and he goes on about you know how how those media outlets attack Muslims and so it's 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 crazy because you see it and these people there are people that stand up. I mean, I know Stormzy came out recently and we we all seen it and you've seen people like Mehdi Hassan who's mentioned things as well, and Abu Bakr was just sharing that with me now. So there are these people that come out and speak against it. And and, uh, I go, you know, how important is that, that we see people standing up towards racism and Islamophobia?
4: Oh, definitely, because we we need, you know, something in society to combat against the people that are pushing racism down our throats, you know, the agendas. It's like, you know... We grow up in a society, um, and let's look at the entertainment industry, for instance. Um, mm-hmm. It's usually that um, the heroes are always predominantly white, you know, they're either from UK or US. The villains, yeah, um, like, usually depending
1: on you know, what. You, you know, I hope, um, just as you mentioned there, and you can add this to your point. I mean, people like, you know, like for example, when Habib won that infamous fight that we all know about. How big of a deal was that because that was kind of like it, it, when when notorious you know uh, Conor McGregor was being racist and we seen him be racist online and on the build up to it and for Khabib you know uh, you know an amazing uh, you know fight it was and and it's just the effect it had on Muslims and, and, and around the world it brought this unity and to show that racism will always get beat you know what I mean and it was like a kick in the teeth for, for many racist supporters and, and, and people like that so so yeah continue your point
4: no definitely I think um, I've seen on a few memes and on, you know and stuff where I think um, where Khabib's mocking the fact that I think Conor McGregor apparently in the ring said to Khabib it's only business yeah um, but um, it seemed like it was a lot more um, then that prior to the, obviously the fight leading up and, I was a big Conor McGregor fan mm-hmm. um, prior to the whole Khabib, because um, I didn't really know who Khabib was. Um, so prior, you know, prior to kind of Khabib taking over, uh, um, UFC it was Conor. Conor was the number one man in, in UFC. And I was a fan of his. Um, it's just like the for instance, like the showman, the entertainment. Um, yes, and also they they lead athletes at their craft um you know you can't doubt that conor mcgregor is you know he's just an animal he's a machine i know he did get beat by khabib but khabib again is a is a unique character in the, in the ufc he's you know one of a kind um but you do appreciate that but definitely like you know build up to the fight you know we spoke a little bit about maybe like white privilege and stuff it's like you know i think conor mcgregor has he hasn't he got three or four different assault charges now obviously he did the khabib bus thing and then there was a random guy, I think, in a pub or something, you know, along those lines. He
0: punched an old man in the pub.
4: Exactly. Yeah, it's like, is. you know, if one of those guys here, you know, did that, attacked a post of that nature and, you know, the glass shattered and all that kind of stuff, or, you know, we punched someone in the face. We'd be on the front page of that. the Daily Mail. We, we, you know... Th- the, we probably have some very different circumstances, and even if you look at prison population statistics, and you know the statistics around um, you know which type of people get convicted and all that kind of stuff, so all, all the numbers kind of support support that. Yeah. And you know, like we spoke about with Akala, and one of the reasons what's so impressive with with people like Akala is because he he tries to not only is he trying to educate. Um, the people that have these views, but also the people, the victims. So it's like, for instance, he tries to discourage this hip hop kind of American kind of gang style life culture as much as possible. Like, you know, cause he, the, what he tries to explain, you know, in his teachings is the fact that if you're going to go on about it yourself, then people are going to associate that with you. Yeah. So if you're going to, you know, be, be in the media and you're going to rap about, you know, selling drugs and all basically doing all, you know, X, Y, and Z, then, it potentially is going to paint that perception of you in in the wider world. And then it leads to, like, you know, like we said, all the, you know, the racial uh, abuse and racial kind of uh, treatment that they get from police and kind of work. And, you know, like, for instance, imagine someone from, I don't know, an area such as Brixton, you know, a typical kind of lad going from there, young black lad going to a job interview or trying to get a job out maybe like a big four accounting firm, they might struggle. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not... I don't know. You know what
1: I am mean? sure there's the, plenty of people out there that can the, share the, the, the facts and figures are there. And I mentioned some of them at the start of the show that many people that have went for interviews and, and, and in workplaces, it does exist. And we mentioned that. And you, you're definitely right. I mean, you're talking there about how it would have been portrayed. For example, you, you made the example of Conor McGregor. But, you know, how many times do you see it in the news? Something happens where, where it's, a, it's a non-Muslim that's committed the crime. Yeah. And they're so, you know, reluctant to put on it as terror. Or, or, or a terrorist attack or something like that. They're so reluctant to do it and we have to kind of just, you know, live with that, you know what I mean? But as soon as a Muslim's involved, it's branded a terror attack. I mean, you know, obviously the biggest thing to happen in the last couple of years was the New Zealand, you know, attack. And, you know, I, I still remember that day to this day, waking up and seeing that and it was actually on the day of, of Juma. And I remember I was in tears, you know, when I seen that video and we all seen it. And unfortunately, it's not something that we wanted to see. But that when that happened and for obviously the Prime Minister there, she came out and she she called it a terrorist attack straight away and she supported the Muslim community. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's amazing because that really, you know, was, was our heart when we seen that happen. The man was, was obviously in a world where he just wanted to take out Muslims and that's and that's obviously what happened. But, you know, when those kind of things happen, I feel like it just it just reiterates the fact of how common it is within our society and within our community for someone to go and do that and take so many lives, you know, and uh, in broad daylight and a masjid as well, a place of worship. And, you know, when you see it in the news sometimes of, of a non-Muslim doing that in, in America, sometimes they do not call it a terrorist attack. Do, do, do you know what I'm saying? I mean... Coming on towards, obviously, we're, we're on the last kind of five or six minutes of the show, guys, and I want to talk about a world without racism, and Faraz was just coming on to that as well. He's, he's mentioning it there. I mean, you know, number one, how can we stop racism, right? And and, 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 and there's, there's different ways that you can do it. I mean, obviously, definitely people can go to the police and report it, and, and those avenues are there. But how can we, as, as younger Muslims, brothers and sisters growing up here in the UK, how can we we stay away from that? I mean, there's obviously certain things like ignoring people is is, is all about patience, you know? How much can you handle? Can you keep your mouth closed and just walk away? I mean, a big thing is walking away and staying calm or or do we educate each other? Do we take that point? And that's something that I've been trying to do recently when I've come across someone that's been racist to me online. I'll try and ask them and say, look, what is it that you've got against us or Muslims or against that other clan, I mean, you know, you always see this Scotland versus England versus Wales thing, and you come across it in football, but also online, and I try and ask, what is it that's so, why are you so proud of your country, and why why are you all against each other, so, Akob and and, and Sammy, I'll I'll go over to Akob first, Akob, you know, what kind of ways do you recommend, you know, pushing away racism, how do you deal with it and, and stay calm?
4: mean to eradicate racism um or definitely kind of to improve that whole situation it's very simple it's education and integration you know they're two things that need to be focused on though the only way to overcome you know racism within oneself is 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 when people are integrating with different different communities and people from different faiths from different backgrounds and um people that are kind of going outside of your comfort zone uh, and and you know interacting with different people now there's different ways that can be done now obviously we all have to go to school that that's a great way to integrate with different type of people um you know in in Oldham I used to go to a mosque um when I was working there and on Juma they they also had a food bank within within um the in their masjid and yeah and um the the, key, the people that used to be waiting for, there's so many non-Muslims out there for the food bank, and they used to be sat on the side, you know, whilst everyone was praying Jummah, and then obviously after the Jummah prayer, then the people just went and hand out the food um, to those that needed it. And it's just small things like that. That integrates different communities. That yeah. integrates different backgrounds, people from different faiths and it's just like i said through the, all the educational centers and facilities that we have through schools through mosques you know try to join youth clubs or on weekends you know even small things like going to public places you know what i mean Either if you're going to be stuck at home or, you know or within your own kind of social circles you're not yeah. going to interact you're not going to mingle with with different type of people and you know i was i was listening to um you know brother bilal on instagram who was who's gone through a transition but he has that book uh, released faith i don't know his full name Bilal chin i think he's called okay um he, so basically he um he was he, he went through obviously a life of crime and then he he changed himself and he was and one of the things what you mentioned was that one day um he was still in the life of crime and he was very much in the streets but he got a call one day mm. and so and someone was telling him about egypt and okay. about you know studying studying in egypt and you know how you, you'd be away from all the distractions and everything like that. And he said, one day I was just randomly driving home and, and there was a travel agency there. He literally went and booked his ticket to Egypt for a year without not without, <laughs> not without really knowing anyone there or not really sawing anyone. And he put himself in different circumstances and he he went out of his comfort zone and he was meeting with different coaches and people from different backgrounds. Now, obviously, I'm not saying everyone needs to go to their local you know agency and get a <laughs> ticket to somewhere across the world, but... You know, just small things like you know, visit a mosque or visit a different place of worship or visit a community centre, interact with different types of people, and you know, you'll 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 find you know, um, very quickly that the the people that you maybe th- once thought that had so many differences to you, maybe you're not that different you know at all
1: altogether. I mean, <clears throat> one of the points definitely worth discussing was what wh- worth taking on board is what you mentioned about the mosque food banks that's something that <clears throat> I've been involved in. Uh, apologies for that, but yeah, definitely. I mean, like that integrates the community so much and, and them coming along to the mosque and seeing the work that we do. I mean, I've seen so many non-Muslim organisations getting involved and subhanAllah It opens up those doors because we all get to, to treat each other the right way with respect. I think respect is a big thing. If you're taught respect growing up, yeah. you will respect each other, you know, and and shake each other's hands. I mean, obviously there's restrictions now, but you know, it, being nice to one another doesn't cost anything. And I think, like you know, if we go back to what the Prophet taught us through Sunnah and through Islam is to respect one another because we're all equal. You know, it doesn't matter how much money you've got, what colour of skin you are. You know, we're all in this together and I think that's something to take away from this coronavirus pandemic as well as we're all in this, toge- <coughs> in this together and that's something that I've mentioned a lot that we'll get through this and we as a nation as a world on on, in this dunya and this world that we're living in it's important to have respect for one another and that's why it is important like you said like the brother did travel go around the world go to different countries jump out your comfort zone glasgow is a small part of the world right and rochdale's a small part of the world and so is birmingham believe it or not but you know go to different places go to london london you know Anyone you meet on the street most likely will not be from the UK nowadays. Mm -hmm. It's such a multicultural place and it's going to just keep increasing with the amount of people coming over and us immigrating to other countries as well. And you just have to get on with it sometimes, you know, you have to get on with your colleagues, show them that respect, don't, you know, um, discriminate against each other. I think it's important to do that and uh, the more we do that, the more we get out of our comfort zone and understand other people's cultures, that, that's the best probably way to get out, out of this, this racist kind of look. I mean, for example, and I'll, I'll give a wee example, a lot of the things in the media I remember reading growing up um, of some people that, you know, we look up to. For example, there's a footballer, John Terry, the England captain at the time. You know, I'd heard a lot of things of him, you know, he's racist this and that in the media. But when I met John Terry and I spent a few minutes with him, He was one of the nicest guys I ever met. So there's also having, you know, pre-assumptions about people that we look up to and other people like that. Try and hide you know hide from that and, and try and look away from that until you meet someone and and you know although you've heard these things about Pakistanis or Bulgarians about different people, spend a day with them, shake their hand, talk to them and see what they're like. you you'll, you'll, you'll realize sooner or later that we're all just similar, we're all in this together. We all go back to our homes. we all have children to look after. We have families, mothers, fathers, and that's so important. I'm going to let Sammy just um, close off with some final points, Sammy before we end the show. Just just
0: basically echoing what you guys have said, especially what I've said about um, education and integration, I think that those two are literally in a nutshell. Um, I feel like if you've got like white neighbours and you've got like neighbours of a different colour to you, or I think you should go and reach out to them and speak to them and get to know them. You, you'll you find that there's, there's far more that, that brings us together, that, that, that divides us. Uh, we all want the same thing in life, I think. We've all got the same kind of... Uh, values uh family just uh, being close to each other like that kind of thing just going out and working and providing for our families i think that is number one um i feel like there's uh, there's a lot more that brings us together than divides us
1: no definitely and it could be anything small from at your workplace giving a gift out to a non-muslim friend and i know dawah is so important nowadays in my old workplace they'd never worked with a muslim before and every day i used to come in they ask you questions and you know, answer those questions with a smile give them a book or send them a link I mean, when I remember fasting you know, they're obviously, everyone's heard it oh, can you not drink water or can you not just have a wee, you know, a no. little munch I won't tell anyone, you know what I mean So, so, so Some
0: of the questions feel a bit tedious and feel a bit like, repetitive <laughs> but sometimes it's best, like you said, with a smile just explain yeah, yeah, it uh, and elaborate on it, tell them a little bit more about it and then that will improve their understanding Definitely. and they might not look at you in a, de- in a weird way when you're
1: doing it. Definitely, I mean look Islam is a perfect religion and it's us that make it difficult. So go back to the values, go back to our five pillars and, and inshallah, Allah will guide all of us. And, uh, you know, this life is too short. It's too short to deal with racists. It's too short to deal with, you know, bigots and people discriminating against us. Let's just look past it and deal with it and, and be nice to each other. And as long as we, as, as, as listeners and as Radio Ramadan supporters and, and Muslims around the world continue to do that, you know, insha'Allah, it will bring you know success for us in our jobs and also in our in our Muslim lifestyle as well, and 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 give a positive image of for Muslims. For example, Mo Salah and people like that. We all know the stories and. Yeah, that brings us on to the end of the show. So I just want to say, JazakAllah to Akob and Sami, and uh, Akob, like we said before, have a, a great lockdown birthday. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Thank you. Maybe we could do a Zoom uh, celebration, possibly, possibly,
1: quite possibly, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, thanks a lot, Sami, for your contribution tonight. I really appreciate it, guys.
0: Thank you so
1: much. JazakAllah. No I'm going to let um, uh, Abu Bakr close the show for us.
2: In the end, we're all human. Our antennas are all the same. Our appearance is what seems to divide us. Racism has been around for years, and on today's show we wanted to explore if it still exists today in our community. It's obvious that it's still part of everyday life, but how we combat it is important. May Allah protect us from uh, the negativity and hardships we face in our communities, and we should continue to raise awareness about racism and Islamophobia.
1: JazakAllah for the Abu Bakr. Now guys, you've been listening to Radio Ramadan's Late Night Live show where we discuss all the hot topics. We've got quite a young team here and uh, honestly, I I just want to say thanks to all the listeners for all the support and and those that have been contributing towards the show. I'm sorry if I didn't get to read out the tons of messages I've received throughout the show. Tomorrow we are discussing working abroad. So if it's something that you guys are thinking about doing, working abroad, travelling abroad uh, and getting a job, Listening to tomorrow's show, we'll go through what's involved, what it's like, and some of the stories from people that have worked abroad and maybe from someone that's actually thinking of going as well. So join us tomorrow on the Late Night Live Show. Assalamu alaikum.
2: Assalamu alaikum.
0: Thank you for listening to Radio Ramadan 365 podcasts. Make sure to visit our Radio Ramadan website at rr365.co.uk to access all of our podcasts. Stay tuned on our social channels for future content.